Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Miguel Freitas. Uh, he's a PhD and Vice President of Scientific Affairs of Danone. Uh, we're, we're talking to Danone USA. We're going to be talking about how they're uh, using probiotics in their products and how this is uh, interacting with uh, people's microbiomes. So, Miguel, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for the introduction and for the invitation and opportunity to be here chatting with you today. Yeah, no problem. Can you give uh, just a brief description of Danone, you know, the products you have, and then we'll talk about the uh, the microbiome aspect of them. Sure. As you know, Danone um, went through a big transformation recently, especially in the United States, uh, after the acquisition of uh, White Wave. So we extended our por- product portfolio to include uh, plant-based products, uh, in addition to our main business, uh, which is the dairy business. Uh, so we call that essential dairy and plant-based uh, products. Uh, that's most of our uh, portfolio in the United States, but uh, probably you already know that Danone also um, has other business units, uh, specifically the water division, uh, the baby division, and the medical right. nutrition uh, division, which are very, very different from um, from uh, uh, dairy and plant-based. So. Some of our main brands on the dairy and plant-based uh, portfolio are uh, brands that you're very familiar with, such as Silk uh, or uh, Activia hmm. or our brand and uh, typical yogurts. Yeah, I've seen all of them. I can picture them all as you're saying that. Huh, interesting. So w- which products have you decided to incorporate um, you know, beneficial gut bacteria into and what's the thinking behind it? Well, beneficial bacteria, it's a, it's, a, it's a big trend. You know, I've been working on, on probiotics for 20 years now, since my PhD. And, you know, as you can understand, at that time, there was not a lot of research uh, done on good bacteria. Most of the research was done on, on bad bacteria, uh, especially in the United States. Um, so it, it's been really exciting to see um, this, uh, this area of science evolve. Um, bacteria f- feel comfortable in, in, in different places uh, inside our bodies, for sure. Uh, they love to live there. Uh, but uh, you can also find them in food products. Um, and uh, yogurt uh, is specifically a good food product because of the matrix, because of the, of the, of the dairy uh, that contains uh, particularly sugars that bacteria can grow. Uh, specifically probiotic bacteria. So most of our probiotic products that you can find on the market are uh, dairy-based probiotic products. Uh, but uh, of course, it's very interesting to see uh, in what other formats of foods we can incorporate probiotics. Well, starting with yogurts, um, are all the bacteria that you're making sure are included in there, are they naturally occurring? Were you altering uh, the sugars, the composition of the yogurt to attract other kinds of bacteria that may not normally be there? It's a very good question. Uh, so all the bacteria are naturally occurring, yes. 
but you can definitely modify uh, the matrix. We call it the matrix or the medium where the bacteria grow uh, to make them either grow faster or grow slower or grow uh, different metabolites. Um, however, the bacteria continue to be naturally occurring in, in the environment. Um, so they're not genetically modified, let's put it that way. In, in yogurt specifically, um, you know, I don't know, can you name some of the bacteria that are in there? And do you know um, specifically or maybe just generally how they uh, they help people's digestive tracts? Yeah, sure, of course. So I, I think it's important to make a distinction between uh, yogurt and a, a probiotic yogurt because there's um, a lot of confusion and lack of understanding uh, between uh, what a probiotic is or what a, just a general culture is. Uh, people tend to generalize a lot. Uh, so first of all, probiotic uh, means uh, for life. And uh, probiotics are usually cultures that have been shown to provide a specific health benefit, uh, such as supporting gut health or uh, the immune system. So behind a probiotic, you need to have studies. Uh, clinical studies that support that benefit. Um, and some of the probiotic, most common probiotic uh, strains that you can find out there are uh, bacteria that belong uh, to the genus and species of Lactobacillus casei, for example. I know it's a complicated name, but Lactobacillus casei is very, very common. And then you have several strains of, of Lactobacillus casei, or you can also have uh, Bifidobacterium lactis, for example, with several different strains. So it's recognized that different strains have 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 different uh, benefits. And I usually give a, um, an example related to uh, E. coli. I'm sure you've heard this term, right? An outbreak of E. coli, uh, yep. and people die of you know E. coli-related uh, diarrhea. And I mean, your intestine is full of E. coli. It's probably one of the most popular bacteria in your intestine, but uh, and hopefully uh, not a lot of them are specifically that strain of E. coli that triggers uh, disease. So very similar to E. coli, good bacteria also uh, are funded uh, in uh, in their strain specificity. So two different bacteria like Lactobacillus casei A, Lactobacillus casei B can have very different benefits. So I'm sorry this was a, a long explanation for what a probiotic is, but I think it's important to make that distinction and to talk about strains. Um, when it comes to right. yogurt, uh, Richard, uh, yogurt is, is very well defined by the FDA. And uh, yogurt, uh, in order to be called a, a yogurt, you need to contain uh, two, two bacteria, which are called yogurt bacteria, which is a Lactobacillus bulgaricus and a Streptococcus thermophilus. And those two bacteria, are used to ferment the, the milk, and they are not necessarily considered probiotic bacteria, but they are essential to, to call a product a yogurt. So some yogurts uh, also have, in addition to those two bacteria, uh, some other uh, probiotic cultures, like the ones I mentioned before, the lactobacillus lactis. For example, in our portfolio, uh, we have a probiotic product called uh, Danactive, which has the typical yogurt cultures, and in addition to that, it has uh, a, a proprietary or exclusive Lactobacillus casei probiotic culture. 
I'm not sure. I hope I was clear with my answer. It's a long answer. That's okay. Well, one thing I get out of it, so even if you have, um, let's say, Lactobacillus casei, if you have two of them, they could be the same species, but you have another designation. You have strains, which sounds like it's a, a subset within a species. Is that right? That's exactly right. Just the same way okay. as E. coli, Isres E. coli, you have several strains and maybe just one or two are deadly. Uh, the others are actually good for your body. So what's been the goal of, uh, you know, with the yogurt line in particular, just for starters, you know, you want to make sure it has the two bacteria strains. So it's considered a yogurt, but, you know, what has Danone decided to do with the bacteria in the yogurt? Are you increasing the levels above baseline? So that it's, uh, it promotes gut health, or you know, what's the goal of like Dan Active or some of the other products? Right. So I, I mean, we we have to go back years and years and years of research. Uh, products like Dan Active or Activia, even though they they haven't been in the United States for for such a long period of time, they have been in Europe and other countries for a longer period of time, and it, it's all based on research and clinical studies. So Activia specifically contains a probiotic called Bifidobacterium. Uh, lactis, a strain of, of, of those that, that helps uh, with, digestive, uh, with digestive issues. Um, and, and that's been studied in different clinical trials. While then active, uh, it's, it's quite different. Uh, it contains the lactobacillus casei, and all the clinical studies are focused on aspects of uh, immune health and, and how it can help uh, support the immune system. So what the known is doing in terms of this, uh, in terms of probiotics, is is really continuing to better understand how some of our existing products work and benefit the consumer, and continue to benefit the consumer in terms of of health benefits, but also um, you know selecting uh, new strains of probiotics that could eventually yield the new uh, new benefits for consumers. Uh, we we do have a, a big research center, and um, and a lot of people are working on on those topics. How do you define though that uh, a product will have benefits for you know for consumers? Like, what do you want them to experience, or what are you even allowed to claim that they will experience from having it? Uh, yeah, yes, we 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 are allowed. Um, so of course, everything that Danone does it follows. The, regulations of um, of the FDA uh, specifically for, for food that's what we that's what we do um, and there's there's different ways that you can talk about a benefit of a food and um, and the most typical way and what we've been doing in our clinical studies is to is to look at at how a particular probiotic can impact a structure or function uh, of of the body for example, um, your digestive system um, has um, a structure and it has a function. It helps you digest food. Um, it helps you uh, move food throughout your body. Um, so, um, and sometimes it gets deregulated uh, or unbalanced. Uh, so what some probiotics do is just um, catch up and uh, help uh, the body regulate that digestive system. And this is pretty much a structure function claim. So we're not talking about diseases or even reducing the risk of any particular disease. Mm, okay. So what have you seen that uh, bacteria can do to a food? Can they alter its taste? 
or uh, you know, again, do they make it more palatable for people, or do you find that it's um, people just feel good about the benefits of having the bacteria in there that may help their digestion? Uh, so that's another very interesting question. You know, I usually I like to say yogurt is probably one of the most ancient fermented products and there's many others you know wine and you know bread and all of other fermented products that are out there right now um, done in asia kimchi and all of that so all of those products are are fermented uh, with bacteria and the 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 original uh, objective of fermentation was was not really to provide benefit to the body it was really to preserve the food for a longer period of time. Uh, and um, so going back to your question, yes, uh, when you're doing fermentation, you're altering not altering not only the, the, the texture of the product, but also the, the taste and the flavor uh, of the product. Uh, and that's what happens when you add bacteria, the, what we call the lactic acid bacteria, which is the ones we're talking about for yogurt. They alter the the milk in a way that it becomes you know solid and and it tastes it has a particular taste of yogurt so it's a mix of both you know gotcha okay are there other products that uh, then own is going to be fermenting or altering and adding uh, adding beneficial bacteria to or is it uh, only when they come that way naturally when the product's normally fermented that uh, that you'll consider that or you know what's What's the line of experimentation with with foods? Like, where is this going specifically as it relates to uh, bacteria? Yeah, I think I mean we are always uh, uh, looking for new areas of research um, and um, new types of food matrix. As I mentioned to you, Danone went through a big transformation and acquired a company that is uh, based on an expertise on plant based uh, plant based um, matrix. So. Uh, of course, there are there are opportunities there to to put bacteria in different mediums. Um, the the microbiome is a, is another opportunity uh, that that researchers are now trying to find ways on how to help balance the microbiome through different types of foods. Uh, so you know not only probiotics but also prebiotics, uh, which which is uh, which is quite different uh, from probiotics, and um, both act uh, in a way to to benefit different aspects of of health. So yes, uh, we are always working to find new areas of research, and I think there will be opportunities to expand where you will find um, probiotics in foods. Well, you said you've been researching probiotics for, I mean, for twenty years. It's a long time. So. What have you seen maybe most recently that, uh, you know, where's the innovation coming from or new understanding or, you know, where do you see things going in the recent term, just in general with the field? Right. I, I, I think that at the beginning was really everything was focusing on trying to uh, isolate probiotics, characterize them, understand what they are, their genetic background. Um, and as science evolved and as the recognition that our own bacteria, our microbiome, is very important in health and disease, uh, so it opened completely the field. Now there's, you know, the, the the health of our microbiome is related to so many aspects of our own health, uh, from 
weight management, obesity, to neurological functions, to diabetes. And it's been really very recently that we're able to characterize the microbiome um, in a way where we can finally modify it. Uh, so I think that for several years, uh, the research uh, was very slow when it comes to probiotic research, uh, a lot in trying to understand digestive functions, immune functions, how it survives in, in your body and so forth. And, and now everything is switching very rapidly into new areas related to the microbiome. Uh, another new area that is very interesting is the whole gut-brain, the gut-brain interaction. Um, and I, I'm not sure if you heard about that term, the gut-brain axis, but the connection between the, the gut and the brain through the nervous system. And there's a huge potential for, for, for microbes and, and probiotics to, uh, to, uh, to change and, and improve that that connection. So yes, I, I 20 years is a long time. Uh, I think it was slower at the beginning where nobody knew what probiotics were. Um, uh, even in the United States, I, I have anecdotes where, you know, I was talking to healthcare professionals and even gastroenterologists at the beginning were saying, you know, I don't want you to talk about bacteria. All I want is to kill the bacteria, you know, that they were, everybody was against mm. bacteria, antibacterial. Uh, now it's a completely different story. Um, everybody's embracing the fact that the microbiome and bacteria can be very important for health and disease. So, and I think this will, you know, I think this will evolve very rapidly. Oh well, yeah. Just, uh, you know, I don't want to get too far off subject, but um, you talked about, uh, gut-brain interactions. You know, it's funny, it brings back the uh, the thought of a gut feeling. And some people say that the gut is a second brain, I guess, because of the bacteria that are there and that they can influence your brain. Any um, interesting tidbits of knowledge that you found specifically in regards to the gut-brain interaction that surprised you? Or maybe in general, you know, about uh, the microbiome or bacteria, what, what really surprises you about it? Well, uh, I what you said is is quite true, you know that, that gut feeling or the butterflies in your stomach uh you know when you're nervous and you go into a big meeting or have to make some decision, then you feel it in your belly and in your stomach that's the gut brain in action um it goes both ways, you know uh also when you're having digestive issues, you can actually feel uh that in your mind and and the way you have in your mood. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware, but, you know, people that have, uh, something called IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, which mm. is a mix of, of many different uh, symptoms, uh, in your digestive system are usually, uh, usually tend to have a higher incidence of, uh, of, uh, anxiety, anxiety, uh, disorders. And, uh, a lot of the ways that doctors are using now to treat uh, IBS is actually through antidepressants. Uh, so they modulate your brain and that communicates to your gut and then it, 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 it helps calm everything down. So it's really called this gut-brain axis. Um, and, and it's really based because of the, there's a, you know, the enteric nervous system, uh, which is referred to as the second brain, as you said, uh, manages a, a very complex process 
um, of, of many things in, in your digestive system. Um, serotonin, for example, serotonin is, is a signaling molecule that also plays a very important role in the gut-brain interaction, and, and it's produced in, in your intestine as well. So, and we're just learning all of that now. Uh, and then if you add the component of the microbiome and if you add the probiotics that can change the microbiome, I mean, the potential is, uh, is, is, is very important in this area of research. Hmm. Okay. Uh, just last couple of questions. You said Danone recently has merged. So it sounds like you're going to be uh, either putting forth a, a bunch of new products or maybe just, you know, rebranding them or just, you know, adding them to the portfolio. Are you able to say, you know, what's coming over the next year for Danone with different products or different formulations of them that people can adapt for? Well, I can, there's already some on the market that you might not be familiar with, uh, but uh, adding uh, bacteria to uh, to plant-based yogurts. When I say plant-based, we have to think about a matrix of fermentation that is not necessarily ideal for bacteria, for all bacteria. So when you have a product like silk, right, or which like has an almond milk base uh, mm-hmm. or soy, you know, the protein and the sugars are not typically what some of these bacteria are used to ferment. So the, the technical aspects of making that possible is kind of complicated. But we were able to already launch a product uh, under the brand Silk, which is a yogurt with uh, probiotics. Uh, the probiotic is, a, is called the BB12. It's a very well-researched probiotic, and you can find, find it on the market. Uh, we launched it recently, so it's not yet, you know, very um, uh, available. But uh, it's uh, you can find it, and I think the, you know, again, the opportunity here to expand probiotics into plant-based is 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 tremendous. Well, very good. So um, people can find these products on, you know, various supermarket shelves. Uh, for people that are interested in connecting and learning more, any resources, you know, websites, uh, Twitter, etc., for them to interact with Denon and find out more. Well, our, I mean, our corporate website, I think uh, it's, it's a pretty good first uh, step for people to find information about uh, uh, our products. It's the moment you go in, you know, you're going to be directed for the different brands. Um, and I think it's uh, pretty easy uh, to to find what you need uh, if you just go to the thenonnorthamerica.com. Otherwise, we have um, also unbranded websites where we have uh, general information about nutrition, probiotics, or yogurts. There's one that we call um, oneyogurteveryday.com. So there's several ways where people can find information. Um, not associated with the company, I would recommend uh, the website from uh, an organization called ISAP, which is the International uh, Scientific Association for Pre- and Probiotics. So they have a lot of nice infographics for consumers uh, with examples of products, uh, very well-balanced type of information. Okay, yeah, those are good resources. Thank you. Well, great, Miguel. Thanks for your time. And, uh, you know, when I I reach for the yogurt next time in the supermarket, I'm going to think of you and and wonder more about, about the bacteria. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Richard. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. 
Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.